Welcome to a Brothers Got Next, your favorite podcast, of course. It's your boy, Quab. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, D, a.k.a. Darian. D, what's up? What's going on, man? We're back at it with another one. I look forward to this, you know, this weekly uh, podcast. You know, it's great. It's fun. You know, this is like the 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 joy of my week. You know what I mean? After working the main grind, you know, to, to do this with you, with you, you know, it's always it's always great. Yeah, always good, man. Episode 12, you know, we, we've had guests over the last few weeks, just back to the original duo for the meantime, but I'm sure we'll have a couple of other guests uh, upcoming. They're excited to be on, and uh, it's going to be fun having those guys on. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, I can't wait, man. Yeah, like, all our guests we've had so far, and you know, in the past has been has been great, you know, all, and we appreciate the listenership, you know, I, you know, I always subscribe, you know, you know, continue to listen to show support. Um, but yeah, man, it's been great with the guests. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to keep that going, but yeah, it's always good when it's just, you know, the, the dynamic duo, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. We back at it. And you know, I, I'm actually really excited about this episode. We got some really interesting things. We're going to dive into, uh, things that we haven't really touched on yet. Uh, me and Darian are definitely certified foodies. Going to talk oh, a little yeah. bit about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a couple topics for the top. We're gonna when I get get to, but let's get started, man. Let's talk about Super Bowl Fifty Four. Uh, the Chiefs, the World Champs, first time in you know pretty much fifty years. Patrick Mahomes named MVP. I thought it was a pretty entertaining game. It's had some slow parts. It looked the both teams kind of held control for a little bit, but you know Mahomes did what he does best and deficit is too big man they were down 10 in the fourth quarter he had a, a, for the first time in a while I saw him throw a couple of bad interceptions but he was able to bounce back like a veteran quarterback you wouldn't think this guy is only in his third year really second year as a starter but uh, what are some thoughts you got any quick thoughts on the Super Bowl and uh what what you liked and what, maybe what you didn't like about the game yeah I mean I kind of feel vindicated because I think when we talk with B. Rice a lot of stuff that I kind of you know made points of that I thought would happen did happen like you know, I just thought that, look, I, even though San Francisco's D was very good and, you know, coming into the game, they had played very well throughout the playoffs. I know they had like a little slump during the season, but I just kind of thought that this is a different beast they were playing. And I know they were up. And, you know, I remember you guys, you and B. Rice kind of saying this is the kind of team that, you know, unlike, you know, when Mahomes was down to the Titans and to the Texans, that you don't want to be down to them. It may not be as easy to come back, but. And it wasn't, but I still thought I still believed in Mahomes that much, and you know he kind of proved me right. Um, yeah, he's special, man. I mean, I wasn't really shocked when they came back and took the lead. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny how you said that he threw a couple picks and got the MVP. I actually thought that the running back should have got the uh, was uh, Damian Williams. Damian Williams yeah. got the, the uh, Super Bowl MVP because he had a rushing touchdown and a you know and a, a, rece- a, a receiving touchdown. So, and I thought he. He pretty much was the one that ended the game. I mean, for the most part, I mean, they when they were up four and trying to ice the game, I mean, he had that last, you know, minute touchdown that pretty much put the game away. So, and I, and I believe he was the one that gave them the lead with that reception. I think right when in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel he should have got, don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of it was Mahomes, but yeah, no, he should have got a lot of credit. Cause I think he rushed for over a hundred yards as well in the game. So I, I really thought he should have got the Super Bowl MVP. But, yeah, man, I'm just happy for the Chiefs. What was it, 50 years? Um, you know, I'm happy for Andy Reid. Happy for our uh, homegirl. Shout out to our homegirl, Dallas. We used to work with at ESPN. Um, also, shout out to the homegirl, Monica, from UNLV. Right. Yeah, big Chiefs yeah. fan. The yeah, homie, man. the homie Bruce and Callie, big Chiefs fan. <laughs> yeah, huge, yeah. Yeah, huge Chiefs fans that we know. So, um, 
Yeah, man, I was happy to see, you know, Andy Reid win it. Like I said, the Chiefs win it. And um, to see Mahomes win, I mean, man, Mahomes is only 24 years old. I mean, this is just, you know, he's just scraping the, the, the ceiling right now. So, you know, yeah. we're going to see another, you know, 10, 11 years of him. And, I mean, you know, I'm sure they're going to pay him very handsomely when uh, his contract comes up. I mean, he probably is going to end up being the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. He's going to end up being paid the highest, yeah, being yeah. obviously being paid the highest paid player ever. Player, right, I ever, so. yeah, in NFL history. Yeah. So, um, and I think it'll be well-deserved. I mean, they can get back there next year. I mean, I know it's hard in the NFL to repeat, as always. You know, that's why the NFL, they always call it the League of Parity because, you know, it's always, you know, different teams every year uh, for the most part. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they have such a young team, a son, a, a, such a, a young nucleus. And, you know, Andy Reid is not – old old I mean, he's in his early 60s so you know he can be there as long as he wants to be um yeah man I like I said I, I'm really happy for the Chiefs uh yeah like I said they're gonna be good again next year but yeah as far as the game's concerned um I kind of agree with you I, but I you know it's funny because I think you and me and then one of our other oh, we've had him on Nick we kind of talked before the game how we thought the game was gonna go and I think I kind of told you I think it would be kind of close kind of low scoring for the first three quarters. And then the fourth quarter kind of came alive, you know, which, which it did. So, um, yeah, the game was, wasn't great in the first half, but I thought the second half was really good. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, the, the Chiefs were down 10 and, uh, you know, like I said, Mahomes was able to work his magic. And I think the biggest play of that game, and I, I'm sure you agree, is when uh, Mahomes threed that deep pass. I think it was 30-15 to, to, to Tyreek Hill. 44 yards to Tyreek oh, Hill, yeah. That was, I think, the momentum and the, like the game-changing play that kind of changed the whole Super Bowl. Because I feel like if they would have, if they would have not converted that, I think the Niners would have won the game. You know, I, I, yeah. And if you're the Niners, how do you give that up, man? I mean, uh, and you know, the most dangerous player on the field. You know, you know, yeah, you know yeah. what he's—he's he's the only guy. You know, one of the fastest, if not the fastest player in the NFL. You let him burn you. And that that was just and, and obviously when they got the ball on offense, they just kept going three and out. Uh, Jimmy G just right. couldn't really get anything going. You called it, though, man. You know, when I was saying that if the Chiefs are facing a deficit, especially late in the game, that they wouldn't be able to come back. They ended up still doing it. Uh, they right, play dangerously, right. man. You know, you, you usually can't <laughs> get away with that for three straight games. But right, right. They found a way to overcome pretty significant deficits. You know, what's crazy is there was eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And they only had 10 points. How did they end up with 31? Like, Isn't just that like crazy? that. Just well, like think about, that. Think about this. Think about the game when they played the Texans. I mean, they were down 24 nothing. They ended up scoring 51 points. I mean, that's, a, insane. that's insane. It's insane how quickly they can score. And they're yeah. never out. They're, they're never insane, out of the man. game. Yeah, I just never... think, I think, you know, going back to that play we're talking about, like, you know, you're saying, how can they leave the most dangerous guy open on the field? I just think it was great play calling by Andy Reid because Shannon Sharp kind of broke down the down the play uh, on, on Undisputed, and he was kind of saying what, what Andy Reid did was to get Tyreek Hill free, he kind of made made it look like that the, the Niners were going to have to play man coverage, but some, some of the cornerbacks bit like with Watkins and the other receiver Hardman, so they had to guard, and then it left, it left they, they were trying to play a zone, and it pretty much left like a hole open in the field where Mahomes, if he, if he made the right play and, and saw it and threw it perfectly, which he did, that was going to be where the hole was going to be. And Tariq Hill ran that route where the hole was going to be. And I think it was just great play calling. I, I don't think the Niners played bad defense and, or, or blown coverage. It was just more of the, the play that Andy Reid designed to kind of throw them off. You know what I mean? 
to to get Tyreek Hill open because, yeah, when I looked at the play, I'm like, hey, how the, how the hell did they leave him wide open? But then it was like when you really watch the play, you're like, oh, okay, I see what the Chiefs did. You know what I mean? They kind of yeah. It was just and- great play. It was just a great play call, and to kind of confuse them, like thinking like. Now, the one thing I thought the Niners should have done in that play, which I don't understand, and Shannon Sharp kind of mentioned this, is was they should have played the line the line where they needed the first down. And I, I and I don't know why they didn't at least have one person there to kind of do that. And I guess, you know, listen, I mean, she's had so many weapons with not just Tariq Hill, with Kelsey and Watkins and Hardman. So I know why they were worried because you just don't want to, you know, leave a guy, you know, open and, may, and maybe they can get a run after the catch. Which, yeah. Because I think they led they led the league in that too, is you know getting you know yards after the catch. They they were number one in that. So I kind of get what the Niners were doing, but yeah, it was just a great play call by by Andy Reid, you know, on, on a third and fifteen of, of all things to com- to complete. So yeah, yeah. what I like too is that you know this is what Andy Reid gets criti- criticized for his his how how does he adjust in the fourth quarter? What how does he right. what's his play calling like? You know, he can get a, he can get bad with time management, but he found a way to, you know, to keep keep the keep his foot on the gas. And obviously they were down, so they kind of had to. But he still stayed aggressive. You know, he right, could have right. looked for a check down on that play and, and hoped that they got some yards after the catch. But he went he went for the jugular, man. He was trying. Right. To, and obviously we also yeah. have to give credit to their offensive coordinator, uh, Eric. Eric, Eric, Eric Bieniemy, Yeah, yeah Bien-Ami, man. Which uh, I don't understand why he's still not a head coach in this league. But that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they, him and Andy Reid coming up with that play call, you have to give him credit as well. Um, another thing I had to criticize the Niners on, and I don't know, man. And this is now this is the second game and second big game this has happened with him. I don't know about Shanahan, man, in these big games, especially the Super Bowls. He just can't stick to the run when they have the lead to run the ball and be be patient and run the ball and ice the game and run it out. I don't I don't understand why did you have Jimmy G? going, you know, dropping back in the fourth quarter when you had the lead. I don't understand. I just don't get that. I really don't understand. Yeah, I, I think with Shanahan... Um, it may be a mental I'll, thing. I, I don't know about that. We we Remember, this is Andy Reid's first Super Bowl in how many years he's been coaching? Remember, he was criticized for a long time. It doesn't mean that Shanahan's forever going to be this way. I think he could eventually get over the hump. He has a really good team now that, you know, has a chance to be right back in the mix next year. So I think right. he's going to get other opportunities to kind of redeem himself. I'm not going to say like, oh, it's a mental thing. He just can't win the big one. Andy Reid was hearing that for, you know, pretty much 20 years and he finally did. So I, I still think Shanahan should, will, will be all right. But yeah, okay. you're right. Yeah. I can't, I can't really defend his, I mean, not calling any timeouts at the end of the first half. There's some weird, weird decisions he made. Yeah. And you know what it is? If this was like his first time doing it, I'd be like, oh, okay. Right. Like, you know, like, you're like, mm-hmm. all right. You know, he just got out coached and, he was, you know, it's his first time, but you know, obviously, I know he was an offensive coordinator with the Falcons when this this last happened. He wasn't the head coach, but it just, I don't know, man. Like when you see it happen again, you're kind of saying to yourself, okay, what's going on in these like big games with him? Like he just can't seem to stick to what people criticize him for. Like, because I I think before the game and for the you know leading up to the week of the Super Bowl, he kept saying, no, if you know we have the lead, I'm gonna run the ball, I'm gonna run the ball. Like mm-hmm. I won't, I won't get away from that. I won't let what happened, you know, in the Falcons, you know, Patriots Super Bowl happen again. And it seems like he did let that happen again a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah there's no reason Jimmy G should be dropping back, you know, all those times in the fourth quarter. I'm not saying Jimmy G's a bad quarterback. You know, he's not. I mean, he made he made he played very well in the first half. He had some good plays, but 
yeah, I mean, you have to lead your 10, continue to run the ball. And they had shown they couldn't really stop the run. Like, the Chiefs weren't really able to stop the run like that. So, I don't get how you say, okay, let's just run it down their throats. And, you know, you play clock management because, I mean, when you run the ball, you also kill clock. So, I don't understand why. Yeah, they should have stuck. They should have stuck to the game plan because – you got to you got to kind of follow the formula that got you there. Now Jimmy G is, is more than capable of of you know throwing the ball twenty five to thirty times, but right, right, yeah, you got to you got to do what got you there. But you know, with that, you know, obviously they ended a fifty year drought. Right, so it had right. Me thinking it had to be thinking about other NFL teams and other teams in in pro in pro sports in general. It had me thinking, like, man, what team would it be cool to see end the, uh, a drought? You know, let's start with the NFL. Uh, Darren, what's a team you would like to see end uh, a significant drought? Like, and well, win that be, Super Bowl. Yeah. This should be an obvious one. I mean, for people that all know me, I mean, look, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. It's been, of course, it's been, oh, it's been God. what 25 years since they've won a Super Bowl. Oh, it's so yeah, so long, dude, so <laughs> long. Yes, it ha- that is a long time. 25 years is a long. I mean, you think think about it. I'm 36. So they haven't won it since I was 11 years old. So since I was really a kid, I wasn't even a teenager. <laughs> so I've gone all of pretty much, you know, middle school, high school, college, and a lot of my adult years without them winning it. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to, obviously, they're my favorite team. They're my, you know, team. But, yeah, I would love to see them win it uh, out of all the teams in the NFL. I think if they had won it, you know, within some of those years, like, you know, within the 25 years, I probably would have put them on there. I would probably, you know, named another team. Um, but yeah, obviously I'm going to pick the Cowboys. That that's probably the team I like to see, you know, definitely win a Super Bowl, you know, sometime while I'm alive. And now you're just being dramatic. I don't think the, <laughs> um, I don't think the 90 winning a title in the nineties is that long of a drought. I mean, I look at, how about the bills? I'm gonna go with the bills, man. Dude, you know, the heartache they went through in the nineties, Owen four and Super Bowls. Like it'd be it'd be so cool to see the Bills win a Super Bowl. They have amazing fans. You, like yeah, they, they've never won a Super Bowl, right? No. Yeah. Oh and four. I mean, guess like, I mean, there's teams in the NFL that have never won one, and yeah. I get that, but I I don't know if I'd like to see them win it. Some of those teams, like you know, like I'm like I think of teams like the Lions or uh, what's another team like uh, that I, I don't think has ever ever won a Super Bowl. Oh, like the uh, Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings I wouldn't mind seeing because yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they have they have great fans. They have awesome fans for sure. But yeah, they... some teams like you know I don't really if they never won a Super Bowl. It's like I'm not gonna be like oh no they never won one you know. Well, uh, it was cool. That, that was what was cool about seeing the Chiefs win one. Like, and they won a Super Bowl before, obviously, but it was a long right. time ago. But it was cool to see them end that really long. Drought. And I've always kind of liked the same Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I mean, they're not yeah, me too. Team. But I've always kind of liked them from a distance, from afar. You know, I used to, you know, obviously when we were coming to college, we loved those like Priest Holmes, uh, Chiefs, and the Trent, Atlanta, those Trent Green teams. Trent yeah, Green teams, right. You know, um, and they're one of the few teams in the NFL that they have like a college-like atmosphere, man. Correct. It's like a college game when you go to those games. But, right. Right. Yeah. And then yeah, what the about only, the, I yeah. think one of the rare mm-hmm. franchises that's like family-owned has been family-owned run since yeah the started because you know a lot yeah. of these teams have like. Were, were, were started as family-run teams, but then, you know, they sold the team and they sold them to, like, you know, big companies and stuff. So, yeah, they're one of the rare franchises where the, you know, like the the fam, uh, their their ownership has been family-run pretty much their whole existence. You know what I mean? So, no, I feel you on that. Yeah, what's a, what's so, an NBA uh, team you would like to see uh, end the drought? What, well, it's funny because I know a lot of people are going to just say because because of Melo, but 
I, I would really like to see the Blazers win one because they haven't won since 77. So, I mean, you're going on 40, long time. Yeah. yeah, 43 years, and it's going to be 44 because they're, probably, they're definitely not going to win it this year. I mean, they're, they're barely in the playoff hunt right now. So, um, yeah, I would love to see the Blazers kind of win one. And they have great fans. Um, they do. You know, Quab, I used yeah. to go to the NBA. I got to, you know, go to Portland and go to the Rose Garden. They have some – that is one of the greatest um, fan bases, one of the greatest – places to play like they go they love their basketball out there and obviously they only have that that's the only professional sports team they even have in the state of Oregon um you know I mean obviously you know it's it's a big college state because you know you have the Oregon Ducks you have Oregon State uh Mm -hmm. but um they need I don't know why they don't have an NBA team they should still have yeah what do you mean no I'm sorry I don't know why when you said you you mean an NFL team yeah, I'm sorry. I meant right. NFL. Yeah, yeah they, don't have, they don't have an NFL or baseball or MLB team. Yeah, they, they only have a basketball team. So just, just, yeah, just, the Blazers just their like, Blazers. Yeah. Oh man, the Blazers. They run that town, man. And you, and when you think about it, where you know the Nike headquarters is and everything. Yeah, they they are the the toast of the town. You yeah, know that that's a great basketball city. Like you know they call it Rip City. Um. So yeah, no. When I went there for the playoff game, it was like electric in there, man. It was definitely one of the best. Like. State like you know stadiums I've ever you know for a basketball game I've ever been to as far as just like the fans and just the, the atmosphere no it's great man they definitely love and support the the Blazers out there yeah so that that'll probably be a team I would love to see win a win a championship you know I'll uh, tell you what in in two thousand mm-hmm. uh, they they took the Lakers to seven games yeah of course it's yeah. one of the more iconic Kobe Shaq plays where he throws the alley oop to Shaq oh, yeah, Shaq's yeah. running off with his arms up in the air. And uh, I'll tell you what, if, if remember, they were up significantly in that game. They were up in the fourth quarter, even like 15, 15, 15, 15 points. points. So they had it. Um, if, if they would have gotten to the finals that year, I definitely think they would have beat the Pacers. Oh, I yeah. have no doubt oh, yeah. in my mind. So I agree. they were close in 2000, and uh, they haven't really gotten that close since. <laughs> I mean, no, no. Yeah. Like they got to the playoffs, they made it to like the second round. I think they got it? to the conference finals last, last year, year, but they got right. swept. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, they got swept. Right, so yeah, that was probably the closest they've gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, no, I definitely would like to see the Blazers if uh, you know, uh, win a win a championship. You know, the, well, the, you're a New York guy, right? Yeah, I'm how a New York guy. How, yeah. how how am I gonna say the Knicks, but you didn't say the Knicks? Because you know what, man? I'm not a Dolan fan. I don't like – here's the thing with the Knicks. Okay, before you get into your thing, the Knicks are just a, a dumpster fire. They're just a mess. And I've I've been saying for the last whew, probably 10 to 15 years, I think James Dolan is probably the worst owner in sports. Oh, he's terrible. He's yeah, terrible. And, and and I know you can probably say, well, Darian, you know, you, have, you got like teams like the Browns or you have teams like uh, – I'm just trying to think of like a team in every um, – you know, uh, like pro sport, pro yeah. sport, like you know, in baseball. I mean, I don't know what you, who, who you would call like you know, bad ownership in baseball. I know a lot of people don't like the Mets ownership, uh, but no, James Dolan by far to me is the worst owner in professional sports. Um, so I think that's a lot of the reasons why I with the Knicks. I, I think once it whenever he and I think it's gonna happen, I think eventually he will end up for, will be forced to sell the team, um, because he's just he's just so hated, and and I think. Whenever they get new ownership and a new regime in there, the Knicks will be better off for it. But as long as he's mm-hmm. there, the Knicks are going to be the same. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. So I, I, well, don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not really, I'm just going off what fan base I'd like to see, like 
be happy for once. Like the, the Knicks haven't been like I understand it probably won't happen. I'm just no. I'm just going off what I would like to see happen. I mean the Knicks, like the Garden is such an iconic stadium. Maybe a little overrated if, as far as its aura goes, but it's such a cool spot to watch a game and there have been so many iconic performances there. But I noticed a lot of the iconic performances are from the other team. They're not even from players on the Knicks. Like anytime well, I think well, of it. well, 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 Melo at least, you know, brought the scoring, the scoring back because he he's now, now he broke, he broke Kobe's record because Kobe had the record for most points scored in at the Garden. And then Melo, obviously, while he was mm-hmm. a Nick, broke that, you know, I think it was like his second to last season with the Knicks. So at least one Nick has a record in there where it's not from the other team. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, but um, I, it would, I, I think it'd be pretty cool to see. Now, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast don't like to see New York teams be successful because of New Yorkers and how they are if their teams <laughs> are doing well. <laughs> but after living in New York for five years, I, you know, I, I, I grew, I grew to love them, to like the Knicks, I should say a little bit, kind of root for them. They're like the, the lovable losers, you know. Oh, they probably won't want to. That's, a, that's that. a perfect, that's a perfect name for them too, the lovable. And losers. they're really bad again. They've been bad for. Dude, it seems like they've been bad for like since Melo left. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Jeez. Yeah, you know, man. He was the problem, and look at look at what they've done since he's left. They they they're not any better. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know they kept saying he was the problem, especially his last year there, and mm-hmm. they, they're they're horrible. They're probably worse right than when he left. You know. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. Yeah. What about a baseball team? Who would you like to see end their drought? You know, it's funny. I know you're a fan of this team. Um, and I know they they pretty much been consistently winning for the last like ten years and going to the playoffs and getting close. The Dodgers, I've kind of like the I kind of became a little bit of a Dodger fan when I went to school at UNLV. Obviously, they were like the, you know because uh, Vegas doesn't have a uh, professional baseball team, so the Dodgers are the closest uh, team that they have. Um, and they have the, you know the, the Las Vegas Fifty Ones. Their farm system team is the is the Dodgers affiliate. So yeah, I kind of like the Dodgers, man, and they've been so close. Obviously. I, in my opinion, especially with this Astros uh, scandal stuff coming out, they, they should have won that World Series, you know. Uh, and um, they've been kind of close the last few years. Uh, they've had, you know, good pitching. Good, They've always, you know, always had good hitting. You know, even you, they just had a big trade that happened this week, obviously. I'm, and I know you were a big fan of it. Getting Mookie oh, Betts. Yeah, Mookie Betts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And adding him with Cody Bellinger. You still have Kershaw there. Um, you still have a great man. Uh, Kershaw, uh, Kershaw in the playoffs, though, man. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, Quap. I think uh, I when when the whole Astros Astros scandal coming out, I don't know if I can blame Kershaw now because if they know who's if they knew the signs. Well, okay. What about all those other years, though? Yeah, that's true. I can't defend that. <laughs> yeah, I can't no. defend that. I yeah, can't defend no. that. But you guys have a great, a good manager. Yeah, and I just think like you guys have always been on the cusp. You've always been right there. Either you've been a series away or a game away. You know, so you've always guys been right there. And I just think it would be cool for L.A., I mean, to have, you know, uh, I know the Angels won it, you know, in our, in our college years. But yeah, I Angels, think that was our first year in college. Yeah, first yeah. year in college they won it. Yeah, but the Angels are not, you know, they, obviously I know they're an L.A. baseball team, but they're not the Dodgers, you know what I mean? The Dodgers no. are iconic, and for them to win it, it would be it would be awesome, you know what I mean? So, I, I yeah, I'd probably like to see the Dodgers win it. What yeah, about- I mean, it hasn't been since 88. I'll probably have to go with them, too. Um, I know there are teams that have 
have you know, there's like the Indians and the Reds. There's a mm-hmm. I don't just I just don't care about those teams though. Yeah, the Brewers. I'm not a yeah. I don't you know certain teams. I just don't care. The Pirates. I don't care about them. <laughs> those teams were always so bad when <laughs> like when we first met. Like it was the same bad teams that they like. Well, the Royals finally won one, but they were they bad did. for and so they were, long. They were bad for a while. Yeah. So yeah, it's just something like I don't like the Rockies. I don't really care. You know. No, nobody cares about those teams. The Rockies, yeah, the Rockies, yeah. like you know, even to a certain extent, like the the Padres. While I love, like their stadium is Petco is one of the the best you know baseball uh, stadiums I've ever been to. But yeah, like I don't really care about the Padres. You know what I mean? So no, and they're never good either. Because the last time the Padres were good, the last time the no, Padres been good since Gwen. There's Gwen. They've been good since Duck. And unfortunately, you know, Gwen has passed on. You know, rest in peace. One of the greatest to ever play. But yeah, I mean, they haven't been good. That was like. 20 years ago. Though the Padres haven't made the playoffs since 06. Yeah. 06. Yeah, Dude, man. They're, they're very bad. Very bad. Like, yeah. I don't – it's just no other words I can say. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot of bad baseball teams too. You know you know another baseball team that's low-key bad? They, I, this might even shock you. They've been bad for a while. Who's you know, the, you know the, the Mariners haven't made the playoffs since 01? Oh, Wow. Oh, I think that's I believe that's actually since the Griffey, longest. So it's probably since Griffey was there. Oh no! Griffey left like the early thousands, like for the Reds. Yeah, that's when Ichiro was sick. I think he actually won MVP that year, but and that was his rookie year. Here's yeah. the thing, dude. Yeah, I think they actually have the longest uh, playoff drought in professional sports. Because oh, even wow. remember, the Browns made the playoffs in 02. so. It's the the Mariners, man. Maybe we should have said the Mariners. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think they've been good since Griffey. Yeah, and that's a and that's a really good sports city too. But I mean, they, they've had the Seahawks win, so they're not that's like true. they're not that's in the drought. Overall. I mean, the, the one thing that did sucked obviously they took away the, ba- the 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 basketball team, and I know there's been talks of them, you know, getting a basketball team again. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, the Mariners. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about them. Yeah, but you're right. I don't think they've been good since Griffey. And the thing is that 2001 season was the year they won 116 games, which was a record. And, the, and they lost to the Yankees in the ALCS four games to one. So they, they yeah. kind of, yeah. So yeah, the, damn Yankees, man, I had to do them dirty, dog. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my one New York team that I do like. I would say people that know me know I'm a Yankees fan. That's my mm-hmm. one New York team that I actually root for. Um. So yeah. Hey, you know that's well. You know that was the early 2000s. Well, you could arguably say the Yankees were the best team. In those early two yep. thousand, so they yeah. were kind of you know beating everybody. It wasn't just the Mariners, you know, they were doing that to everybody. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, let's trans- let's transition, man. That was a good little sports talk, sports convo there. So today is February seventh. It is the birthday, fifty fifth birthday. Com- uh, comedians of all time, Chris Rock. Um, had me thinking, man. You know, um, who who I, I would love to talk a little bit about our favorite like comedic actors. Now it doesn't necessarily mean they had to have like a prolific stand-up career before, but you know, when we think of uh, comedic actors, you know, Chris Rock is still does stand up, but I, I think of him now as an actor slash, you know, stand, stand up slash actor. And of course you have guys like Jim Carrey who had a stand up career, but then you have guys like Will Ferrell, who I don't think was really notable for his stand. I don't even know if he's done any stand up like that, but um, either way, I would love to get into a discussion of who our top five comedic actors of all time are. Now, actually, I shouldn't say all time. I should be more of our favorite 
or however you want to go about it, D. I'll let you name your list. But why don't you start us off at number five, man? So number five, I got Leslie Nielsen. Obviously, if you guys are fans of the Naked Gun uh, movie <laughs> Love that series, dude. Um, yeah, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen is actually one of my favorite comedic actors. Even before um, uh, Naked Gun, now this is before my time, before I was born. I did see it later on, you know, as I was older. But the movie Airplane, um, you know, they, there was a, I think it was like two or three of those. And it was. Like, I actually didn't know that. I only know the first one. Yeah, I think. Like I didn't know there were sequels of, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he's in all of them. I think I believe so. But um, yeah, he he's like the king, or you want to say like he's the guy that started like the goofy kind of like parody, uh, you know, comedy movies. Uh, Leslie Nielsen's kind of like that iconic figure. And it's funny because he's Canadian. He's not even from the United States. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, he. You know, Naked Gun is one of my favorite movie series, like of all time. Oh, it's one of the best. It's yeah, one of the best I mean, from series the first ever, to, yeah. the, to the third one. Um, obviously, you know, Leslie Nielsen's passed on. You know, since then, I mean, he I think he died. I think about five years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, um, he's definitely up there for me. Yeah, so I probably had to put him at number five. Leslie Nielsen definitely just because of the Naked Gun. I mean, you know, you and me always are quoting a lot of like. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> especially line. thirty-three and Naked Gun thirty-three and a third. Yeah, we always put a lot of lines from from the movie. So, uh, and you know, we're around our friends. They're like, "Yeah, what are you talking about? Where's that from?" And I'm, we're like, "Naked Gun." Because you'll be you'll be surprised how many people have have never seen that movie. Um, well, you talking about just those movies in that series, or just thirty-three and a third? No, 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 just the, the series, the series in general. Like a lot of people have never yeah, seen. Yeah, that's Gun crazy. Movie. Those are classic. And those I, are and, classic and, movies. You know, people, I don't. If people probably don't notice as well. You, I. I well, I can't say our boy. Probably not a lot of people, but OJ was in it as well. Our boy. Oh this, no! This, this, is, this is pre. This is pre. Uh, this is pre. Uh, you know, uh, bad OJ. So this is like you know before he got into you know the mess he got into in the nineties. Yeah, um, he was but, funny uh, in those movies though. Norberg was that his name? Norberg. Yeah, he was great. He was just a great sidekick. And then uh, yeah. his other guy. Um, God, I'm blanking on his name. Is the, it George? Uh, what's his name? The, the big guy, right? Yeah, but I forgot his character's name in it. Um, because it was Norberg, Frank, and uh, God, I'm yeah, I'm blank, I'm blanking on it. But, yeah, uh, what was that dude's name? <laughs> yeah, but I'm blanking on his name. Uh, right. Ed, 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 yeah. But they were just yeah. such a great trio. Um, uh, because there's a lot of memes too. If you if you Google it, there's a lot of memes with those three. Like you can pull up a meme, uh, with with them. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, man. Oh, Leslie Nielsen is definitely my number five. Yeah, he's great. And another movie that we quote a lot that I don't think a lot of people have seen is Wrongfully Accused. It's like a parody oh, off, of, yeah. off of The Fugitive. Yo, it's so, it, it's hilarious. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah, because he was a lot older when he started doing those. Like, because, you know, he was. Like, when he was doing the Naked Guns, he was like already like in his 50s. You know, he wasn't a young guy when he was doing those Naked Guns. He was like mm-hmm. late 40s, early 50s, you know. Um, because he, he lived a long life. I think he passed when he was, like, in his 80s or 90s. Yeah, or 80, I think it was 84. Yeah. yeah, 84 yeah. So they were actually he, making – they were actually in talks of making another Naked Gun before he died. Yes, I heard about that. I heard yeah. about that. Yeah. He was – because I, I, from what I heard was he wasn't going to be, like, the star of it, but he was going to, you know, obviously be in it, like, have cameos, and they were going to get, like, a whole other team to do it. But, uh, yeah, I thought that would have been interesting to see. Um, yeah, man, but now nah, Leslie Nielsen is definitely one of my – my faves, man. So, yeah, like I said, he's definitely my number five. All right, cool. My number five, I'm going to go Will Ferrell. I, I, like, okay. I know Will Ferrell today, I mean, he's kind of fell off. Although I've kind of noticed a trend with a lot of com- uh, comedians 
that turned actors, they kind of fall off after a while. Like they have a good like decade stretch and then they just start these. I mean, look at somebody like Adam Sandler, who was holding it, who had a lot of funny, although I've always thought he was slightly overrated, but he had such a good stretch of movies in the 90s with Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, heck, even movies like Big Daddy, which were more in the 2000s. But right, right. And then he just fell off after that. Movies like your favorite Jack and Jill. and That's not my favorite. Stop it right now. What's that movie he did that with awful. with Sandberg? That's my boy. Like he had so oh, many. Yeah, yeah. Although I didn't think I didn't think uh, you don't mess with the Zohan was that bad. I actually, no, that, that was wasn't high. that bad. Yeah, that actually was kind of funny. And another yeah, one like, that was kind of underratedly funny was the one he had with Kevin James. I think they were they were firefighters. Oh, pronounce this, uh, Chuck. What yeah, is it called? that actually wasn't that bad either. Those 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 are like kind of underrated movies. Um, the one thing I do like about Adam Sandler, I know we're kind of getting off the tangent, is that you know now he's gotten more kind of into the serious movies, which are yeah. You know, I've heard I've heard um, Uncut Gems was pretty good. Yeah, well, a lot of people thought he got snubbed for you know Golden Globe and Oscar buzz. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was voted one of the best movies of of, of last year. It came out last year, right? In the, in the last yeah, year. it came out like like not like in December. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so it was, you know it was voted one of the best movies of last year. So yeah. But you know what? It's funny. You know, my wife always says this to me that, you know, it's with anything. I wouldn't just would go with just movies, but it goes with sports. But anything we kind of do in life, everybody has their time when they're good. You know, everybody has their run and has a stretch, whether it's music or, you know, sports or, you know, acting, you know, comedics. You know, everybody comes and goes. You know, obviously nothing lasts forever. So, you know, when you made that statement, like, yeah, they kind of fall off. But I, I feel like everybody just has their time. You know, yeah, that's true. I mean, especially as decades go on, as, as time goes on, people get older, you know, it, you know, you have some young person that comes up that's maybe, you know, the, that next guy or next woman is just, you know, just as funny. So they, right. they kind of grab the attention. So, yeah, it's kind of I feel like it's a normal thing, you know, like, you know, Kevin, Kevin Hart's kind of like that guy right now. But at some point, you know, he's going to have his time and then he's going to kind of fade away and somebody else will come along. You know what I mean? Right, right. But yeah, back to Will Ferrell. He had such a good stretch, man, between like his cameos and Austin Powers. Well, Night at the Roxbury, it started early, but right. his cameos and Austin Powers movies, Elf, Old School, even underrated ones like Kicking and Screaming. Of course, Talladega Nights, I think, is oh, that's arguably, a classic. Like, that's arguably that. a classic. And the first Anchorman. <laughs> Step Brothers. Oh, yeah. You know? Step Brothers has some of the best lines and scenes too. Um, even the movie that I thought was kind of underrated, like the campaign, I thought that was pretty. Yes, that, that was that underrated movie. Yes. Yeah, that then was pretty started, good. Then it started to go downhill, though. Like, well, you, <laughs> you told me this movie is awful. Daddy's Home. You said both of them movie? are. I saw both. I, you know what? Yeah, I have to. I have to give a shout out to to Mike Eagle because he told me. The second one was probably worse than the first one. Why did and you see it? I, I was home one day by myself, and it was, it was nothing on. You know, I was like, you know what? Let me just put it on. And I think he was right. It was probably just as bad or maybe worse than the first one. I was like, I think I turned it off, like, midway. I'm like, uh, yeah. This There's is, plenty this of other bad. things you could have watched besides Daddy's Home too. <laughs> yeah, I did watch Daddy's Home too. But, yeah, no, he's had some bad ones lately. All right, we'll we'll move on to our number fours. But who you got yeah. next? <laughs> number four, I got I got Jim Carrey, and it's funny that you talk about you know a guy that had his time. I mean, Jim Carrey had a really great run in the nineties. I mean, you know, you're talking about the the Ace Ventura Pet Detectives. You had one and two. You had The Mask. Um, you had Liar Liar. Uh, I'm just trying to you know just think about the top of my head. 
uh, the movies he had, you know, especially in the 90s. And even into the early 2000s, he had, like, you know, Fun with Dick and Jane. Um, yeah, no, Jim Carrey had a great run, man. And, you know, I loved him on, on in Living Single. I mean, I was, I'm saying Living Single. In Living Color. <laughs> I was like, he was in Living Single? <laughs> yeah, that one bad. In Living Color. Um, yeah, no, nah, man, Jim Carrey definitely had a great run. I mean, uh, from from his, uh, you know, In Living Color days and then, right, switching from that. And he did stand up to, you know, getting into the movies. You know, you know, I love quoting some of the Ace Ventura lines, you and me. Oh, uh, so, so many classic lines. Yeah, in that movie. Classic yeah Ace, Ventura lines. Is a, Ace Ventura is a classic for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I, I was, I mean, the first one was definitely better than the second one. But the second one is, is funny as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, Jim Carrey is probably not my number four. Yeah, because I thought he was that guy. Like, when you talk about from really mid-90s to, like, the early 2000s, I thought he was the guy. You know, obviously, I know oh, about yeah. Adam Sandler as well. But, um, no, Jim Carrey was definitely that dude, I thought, you know, from right, from that time, from, from the midnight, from, like, 93 to 2000. He had a good seven-year run. And then, yeah, he kind of faded away. I know he tried to kind of dabble in some serious movies as well. Um, he tried to do some, like, you know, like the Truman Show, um, I think that movie Numbers, you know, he, he tried to dabble into, like, the series. He's actually making a little comeback, it looks like, this year with Sonic the Hedgehog, because I haven't seen him in a comedy in, in years. Um, well, he does a TV series on Showtime called Kidding, so he, he's gotten a, he's switched it up a little bit and gotten into, into some, um, obviously, like I said, into some TV roles. And, you know, one of my, it's, Jim Perry's actually on my list, too. Um, so it's, I'm glad that you had him on yours because you brought up the Truman Show. I think that's one of his best movies, and he's not—he's he, actually a little more serious in that one. Like, yeah, no, has, I love the Truman Show. That's probably one of his yeah. only serious movies I really like. You know, um, and it's funny because I like a lot of his movies that people don't like. Like, I don't know. If, it's funny. I never remember if you like this movie, but I love Cable Guy. That's one of my oh, favorite. I'm sorry, you're right. No, that's Ooh. a classic too. Yeah, it's funny, but I, I think a lot of people consider that more of like a cult classic because I don't think it was really well received by a lot of people. A lot of people are like, yo, this movie's weird, but I thought I thought it was and it's one of my favorite Jim Carrey movies. Um even like Bruce Almighty. It's fun. Oh, See, that was yeah. the early two thousands. That's what I'm saying. He had a great yeah. run because like from like that ninety three to like early two thousands, yeah. No, Bruce Almighty's another underrated movie that he did. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, another I had, movie that a lot of people like now. I never, I've never seen the movie all the way through. I've only seen bits and pieces. A lot of people thought and he should have got Oscar buzz for this. Was a uh, Man on the Moon, which was about Andy Kaufman. Yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, a lot of people said he was great in that because he, they said he actually like transformed into Andy. Kaufman. Now there's an interesting documentary on Netflix about when he played Adam Kaufman, you know, that character, and I guess people were saying how apparently like it was so eerie how the good job he did like he he almost was Andy Kaufman reincarnated like yeah and I guess he talked about how some scenes he felt like this outer body experience where he thought he was Andy Kaufman you know like mm -hmm. that's how that's how good he played the role so I've never seen the movie but a lot of people swear up and down it's like one of his best movies you know what I mean no absolutely absolutely yeah. so since we both had uh, Jim Carrey on our list. Who would you have as as your number three? So you kind of already touched on this guy. I mean, I'll just kind of get into some of the same things you did. I have Will Ferrell at number three. Okay. Um, so I, it's funny how I said Jim Carrey was kind of him and Adam Sandler were kind of from the '90s, early 2000s. I thought then Will Ferrell was kind of that next guy. He he was like the early 2000s or mid 2000s into like the you know later 2000s. He had that great like you know at least a five year run. I mean, you kind of touched on it. You know, Talladega Nights. Step Brothers, the you know Anchorman, 
Um, like you said, oh, you know, us kicking and screaming, which is underrated. Um, yeah, you know, Jim, uh, Will Ferrell was definitely that dude. Um, because I think you and me, we've even gone to see a couple of his movies like opening weekend. Like, you know, we saw Talladega Nights, yeah, I remember that. Vegas. We, saw, we yeah. saw Anchorman together. Um, I didn't, I don't think I saw Step Brothers with you, I think I saw that with somebody else. No, but... I actually didn't see that movie till like like years later. I didn't see oh, that okay. one for a while. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw that. I want to say, I think I saw that with my god brother. With Matt. I think I saw that with Matt. So, um, yeah, no, no, that's that's great. Uh, that, you know, he's he's made some great now, like you said, he's he's kind of had a bad fall off because a lot of his like movies lately have been, yeah, not good. Like, yeah, I heard that Holmes and Watson was awful, awful. We, me and my my wife watched why it do here. you keep watching these awful movies? I know I do watch a lot of bad because you know what happens is I try to give movies <laughs> a chance. And my wife always says, you know, give them a chance. Like, just don't go off what the critics say. And, you know, it's funny. Sometimes the critics are not always right because I watch them and I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. It wasn't bad at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was, you know, or it was okay. It wasn't, like, terrible. It was like, yeah, it was okay. So I try to give it a chance because I don't like to always go off what the critics say. That's but, fair. That's fair. But, but yeah, with, 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 home, with, with Holmes and Watson and the daddy, the daddy, the daddy. Daddy's uh, home. home. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were they were terrible. I never saw I never saw Get Hard with him and Kevin Hart either. I've heard mixed things about that. Yeah, it was that was that wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It was like okay, you know, it had its funny parts, but it wasn't like terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because yeah, Kevin Hart to me is a little overrated to me as as a as a movie guy. I think his standups are great, but I, I think he's overrated as far as like a, a comedic actor. Because I don't, yeah. I can't. I mean, the ride alongs. Well, the first ride along is good. The second one wasn't that great. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I never mean, saw those. He has a lot of bad ones, too. Like, you know, he had Soul Plane. And what, I'm trying to think of another mov- movies he's had that weren't as good. But, yeah, he does have a lot of great, you know, um, you know, like, uh, you know, comedic movies. Like, he's more, to me, like, he has the great stand-ups. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know what I mean? I, like, he's been great in the Jumanji series. Like, he's not really the star of it because, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's with other stars. But... He's great in the Jumanjis. That's one thing I'll give him. Like in the Jumanji films, he's been funny. Um, I think he's. I think Kevin Hart's really good as like a side guy. He's not. I don't think he's like a main box office guy. But I think with somebody else, he's pretty good. That's why I thought with him and Will Ferrell, it wasn't that bad. I, like you said, I know you said it got mixed reviews, but yeah, with him and Will Ferrell together, it wasn't as bad because I just think he needs that other guy. But um, yeah, Will Ferrell's my number three because I just thought he had a really good run. Of movies, um, from like I said, the mid two thousands to the late, two, you know, two thousand two thousands. Yeah, the third guy I got is Martin. Obviously, Martin Lawrence. Obviously, he. I got a lot of um, a lot of criticism for not putting Martin on one of my favorite sitcoms a couple podcasts ago. So people weren't. Yeah, too I don't know happy how you watch me. that show. You bugging on that? I don't know how you. I did up. watch it, but there were just coincidentally there were just five others I watched a little bit more. But back to back to Martin now. There's a, there's a notable trend with all these guys, as we've mentioned. There's some bad movies for sure. <laughs> Dog, one of the worst movies I've seen. Okay, well, let me talk about the good I like about Martin first. Like one of my his most underrated movies is Blue Streak. I can oh, watch that's that movie a great movie. That's a great over movie. Yeah. And over, I also think that's like cult, like a cult classic. Uh, you can make an argument for that being a cult classic. And like obviously the bad boy movies are pretty entertaining. Um, but, but I just I always find him funny, even if the movies aren't very good. 
Yeah, I right. find him funny. Yeah. For example, an awful movie he was in, I thought he was funny in, was National Security with him and Steve Zahn. A movie, it wasn't good, but I thought he was funny in. You know, it's funny, right? Because, you know, now I kind of disagree with you. I didn't think that movie was that bad because the reason why I didn't think it was that bad because he was so funny in it. Yeah, he was yeah. funny. In now, that. Steve Zahn's not really a comedic, and I think maybe that was the problem because he didn't really bring anything comedic wise, too, because he was very serious. But Martin was so funny in that movie. That's why I didn't think that movie. Now, yeah, the overall premise wasn't good, but I thought he was good in that movie. Yeah, and then there's like movies. Uh, there's movies like uh, Welcome Home, Roscoe Jenkins, which I thought was pretty oh, funny. Terrible. Like that's a movie a lot of people you you said it was no, it was I. No, it was terrible. <laughs> I thought no. That's okay. First of all, first of all, you probably thought Black. <laughs> you probably thought Black Knight was good. No, that was our boy who used to like that in college that we used to clown. I forgot his name, but he he was the one that like liked that Black Knight crap. It was no, like, yo, good. Especially nah, he had but... on like on the cover, he had on like some like green jersey. I'm like, well, what team is that? <laughs> well, remember, he was also in that movie Rebound, which wasn't good either. Yeah, that was not good. No, yeah, he he does have a lot of bad movies like College. <laughs> no, <laughs> one of his worst movies though is that one with Danny DeVito. What's the worst that could happen? That was not oh, good. Dude, the ratings, I think, it got one of the worst rated movies like of all time. Oh no! But the reason I still have him on here is because like there's classics like whether it's just his side. Obviously, he was um wasn't the lead in the House Party movies, but him and that obviously uh, life, line was, life him and Eddie yeah Murphy. life nothing nothing to lose. Which and, I thought you know was look underrated. I don't know what you think of the Big Mama movies, but you know the first Big Mama's House was actually pretty funny. That one was pretty good. I never I didn't care much for the second one, but right. the first one was good. But I did like nothing to lose with him and Tim Robbins. I thought that was yeah. really underrated. Um. Yeah, welcome on Russell Jenkins' eye. You're tripping. That was I. Right. Nah, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan. I'm. I'm good. Who <laughs> <laughs> you got on your next one? Yeah, so we can kind of skip because you know, everything you said. But Martin's actually my number two. Okay. Um. So you can go and you can go ahead and, and, and list your number two. Okay. Pretty... My next one. My next one's a little different because he hasn't really done a ton of comedies, but he obviously started as as a like full time comedian as Jamie Fox. I I just love his transition into like serious roles, but he still has movies where he's like, I guess he doesn't really have as many movies now where he's funny, but I, I just, I, I just put him on the list because these are our favorite comedians turned actors, not necessarily comedians in comedian, you know, in, in comedy. Yeah, you know I, think I, mean? we were talking about, I don't, I don't think he has a lot of like great, mo- good movies that where he for comedy. Cause like, let's be real. Like the, the, the held up and the baits. I mean, those weren't great movies. Was um, was Bait even a comedy though? I feel like that was trying to be like an action movie or something. No, because it had like Mike Epps in it, and it, yeah, it was more action, but it was like the action comedy thing because he was definitely trying to be like funny in it. You know what yeah. I mean? He was like a like an ex convict and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously it wasn't like held up, which is awful. That movie's there. not good. No. <laughs> yeah, they thought he was Mike Tyson. The only good anyway. thing about that movie is Nia Long. That's exactly. It. Yeah, but yeah, he doesn't have a lot of great comedic movies, and mo- most of his good movies are like you said, right where. It's more serious where he's like, uh, you know, obviously like, you know, it's more drama or just straight action. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I guess that's what I'm I'm trying. That's the argument I was trying to make. Like, he's a little different for me because I'm not I'm, he's just one. I just love the transition he's made. Um, he obviously he has some movies that aren't great. He hasn't been in a ton of comedies. Like, I remember that one movie he did with um, I think it was Gabrielle Union called Breaking All the Rules. Which yeah, that's actually, not good either. I thought it was I. <laughs> no. He's also in this movie. He's also in that movie called The Great White Height. I don't even remember that movie. Oh, that's way back, though. That's like nice. Now, he wasn't the star. He had like a little role in it. And he does have like a funny line in the movie. But <laughs> the overall, the movie's not good. 
Yeah, he does have a, <laughs> he does have a, like a funny line in it, but yeah, he's just overall like comedic. Like you said, com- comedic movies. He's not good, but yeah, he hasn't. He good. just really hasn't done a ton though. Like if you look at a lot of these movies, like Ray, um, the Soloist, oh, Law Abiding Citizen. Like he's done a lot of Django Unchained. He's done a lot right. of serious roles. Oh wait, this movie wasn't good either. Uh, what is this one? Um, uh, Stealth. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> so I'm just gonna give a quick story about that, and I think Quam knows where I'm going. So obviously I'm married now, but my ex girlfriend, my you know time like my girlfriend in college at the time, uh, we were just kind of like messing around in the uh, in, in the theater because <laughs> it, that's how bad the movie. I wasn't even paying attention to the movie. I was just like talking to her, messing with her. And yeah, it was just like, um, yeah, this movie's awful. Like I really yeah. wanted to walk out. Yeah, but it looked awful. First of all, I, it di- didn't look good. He dies in the movie. He dies. He's like the first, first of all, you always do that. You be spoiling movies. Remember when at one time first I was boy, like, so, so you were no. gonna go see Stealth? No, you were not. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not. But there might be people who listen to this podcast. Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch Stealth this weekend. You never know. No, they're not. If you are, don't listen to our podcast. This reminds me of the time we were at work, and I was like, oh, man, I want to see this movie Safe House with Denzel and Ryan Reynolds. We were, we were at ESPN. You were like, oh, Denzel dies in it. I'm like, well, why'd you say that? I just said I wanted to Yeah, because, you know what I mean? A lot of people don't like to listen. Oh, my God. Listen, listen, we're going we're gonna to tell a story. <laughs> you ever heard again. of spoilers? You know what spoilers No, no. Are? Let me tell you why. Because the last time Denzel died in the movie, <laughs> you remember what happened? You remember what happened with, with the stories we heard? When he died in training days, of women walking out of the theater and like literally crying. Oh, there are people crying. Yeah, they're crying. People were literally crying in the theater when he got killed in training. And he was a bad guy. Well, first of all, no, no, but I was not like, yeah, you know, I cried last time he died. It, why does it matter with me, though? I don't care. Yeah, you, I cannot believe you're using that as an excuse. You're wild, dog. Yeah, you just killed. Yeah, you be giving, you be spoiling movies. I don't know about you, because I want to prepare prepare you guys with, especially when it comes to Denzel. Because well, is it gonna like scar me? Oh man, I found Denzel died. I'm I'm hurt. No, dog, but dog, do you remember when when he died in Trinity Day? The, the ridiculous you were hearing, dog. There were women walking out of the theater. Dog, remember the ridiculousness we were hearing? I was like, dude, you did not walk out of the theater because of a. Of a character, and he was bad, dying. That's so what I like, liked about. That's what I appreciated about Denzel that role. Like he took a big risk. Like he was the bad dude. A lot of people were just weren't used to that, you know. Yeah, dude. They they, they were like people were like boo hooing in the theater. Like when he <laughs> when he got killed. Like no, he was a bad guy. He was horrible. Yeah, he was, he was a like horrible a person. person. Horrible person in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I who you, who you got next? So my number my number one is uh, Eddie Murphy. Um, obviously, you know, I. I Obviously, you guys know he has the classic Beverly Hills Cops. Um, obviously, the third one wasn't that good, but the first two were great. It was all right. It was all right. <laughs> what, with Wonder World? Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, it was all right. And then, um, you know, the Nutty Professor movies. Uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of the second one. The first one is hilarious. Um, yeah, he just has a lot of, like, those movies that weren't, like, big blockbusters that he, you know, especially early on in his career, I thought that would be, like, Trading Places, Oh, that's a classic. Uh, classic. Which is a classic. Um, just trying to think of other ones off the top of my head. Yeah, and obviously he also has some very bad ones as well. Um, that were. Okay. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up because he's actually my number one too. So we can yeah. both kind of talk about it. But at maybe, the same time. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I noticed one that you always mention that it always <laughs> has me laugh when you say the name of it. Uh, I think it was uh, what's it? Pluto Nash. Uh, yeah. Oh no. Meet Dave. Terrible. Yeah. Oh God. And then I think what was it? The um the one where he's 
he has like a uh he's like a nerd. Um, oh, uh, I actually like Bowfinger. You talking about Bowfinger? No, Bowfinger. Was oh, you talking about Norbit? You talking Norbit. about Norbit? I never saw Norbit. No, don't watch it. It's awful. Well, I'm no, not I actually, Bowfinger is actually one of his underrated movies. So I I agree with you on that. I like Bowfinger. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. And that was um, more that was more Steve Martin's movie, right? He was like the co-star. Yes, yeah, he was the okay. co-star. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, Eddie Murphy, man, look, you already know what he, what he is as far as stand-up. I mean, a lot of people think he's arguably a top five, one of the greatest stand-ups of comedians of all time, if not the greatest. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought, you know, he had an easy transition uh, going into to, uh, film, and he would end up being one of the funniest you know, comedic actors, you know what I mean, of all time. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I And obviously, you know, coming to America, oh, um, right. I can I can quote that movie from front to back, as oh, you know. Yeah. I'm a little nervous a about one. the. I'm a little nervous about that one. I don't man. know why, but okay. Uh, what do you mean you don't know why? It's, it's <laughs> 30 years later, like, come on, I don't know. Another thing I, 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 yeah. I like mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy for, too, is that later on in his career, he tried to take serious roles, like, he was really good in Dreamgirls. Um, yeah, he was nominated yeah. for an Oscar for that. Nominated for Oscar mm-hmm. for that. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, he also kind of took that risk of, you know, getting out of the comedy, trying to do more serious roles. Uh, but, yeah, man, you know, Eddie Murphy's one of the greats um, of all time. But, like I said, not just with stand-up, but, like, yeah, with, with the acting. Um, he had, obviously, he's having a little comeback right now. I don't know if you guys have watched that new Dolomite uh, movie. Yeah, Dolomite, that was a good movie. Yeah, really good. good movie, yeah. He was funny in it, but he's also, like, serious and... He just yeah, played... that movie had like a lot of heart too. It wasn't it just did. like you said; it wasn't just comedy. Yeah, it was yeah, a good movie. Nah, and that was a great movie. So you know, yeah, man, I think I think he's to me the the best stand up comedian that's transitioned into acting. You know what I mean? Uh, and obviously, like I say, he's one of the greatest ever do it as far as just stand up is concerned. So yeah, I have to I'm put not, Eddie, yeah. I have to put Eddie Murphy as number one. Yeah, he's my number one too. I'm not gonna lie though; one of my favorite parts of this conversation so far has been to been talking about the bad movies. Can we get back to more some of these bad movies? I, uh, Holy Man, that was not good. <laughs> now, some of, now I I agree with you it was bad, but I actually like some of the parts and some of the parts. No, Holy Man, that was not good. <laughs> Stop it. That was not good. Okay, you probably like Showtime with him and De Niro. That was not good. That has some funny parts in it, too. Oh, my God. I like De Niro. I'm a De Niro guy. I love De Niro. And De Niro I love De Niro, but De Niro. I get that, but that movie was awful, dog. Showtime? That was not good. <laughs> you know what was all right, though? You know, <laughs> you're probably not going to like this. Metro. That was all right. No, that movie's <laughs> awful. Metro? That was more than one of the worst movies of all time, too. Nah, it's, it's all right, man. Dog, Metro? No, it was Yeah, awful. he was like a cop in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, like braids. Like, yeah, he had like the little twists. Yeah, yeah I'm good. Nah, that was all right, man. You're no. tripping. It was, like a no, fake, you like, it was like a fake Beverly Hills cop. It pretty much was exactly that. Just in a <laughs> yeah. It was just in a different city. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but, Metro no, nah, that was all right, man. No, nah, I'm that good. Right. Now, what did you think of like the daddy daycares and the Dr. Doolittle's? Obviously, there were more children's shows, but a lot of people say those were good movies. I'll never forget. I saw, I, I actually didn't think Dr. Doodle was bad, but I went, I went to the, uh, me and Hermes in high school went to go see it. He hated it. He's like, I can't believe you took me to see this movie. I was like, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, he was tripping. Yeah, because I know the first Daddy Daycare people like, a lot of people said that was good. I, I've never seen actually any of the Daddy Daycares. But I know they everybody says like the first one's pretty good. And it was like it was highly rated too. So Yeah. So he was in this other movie that 
it supposedly it was one of the biggest flops like ever. It was called A Thousand Words. It was with Oh yeah, I heard about that. I think it was with Kerry Washington. Yeah, I heard it was really bad. Another big flop was I think he did a Disney movie called it was like the Haunted Mansion or Haunted or Oh uh, yeah, it was like a kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah, but they, they said that was a big flop too. Yeah. Now one that I thought was he was actually decent in and I thought was I thought a uh, Tower Heist. I thought that was all right. Did you ever see that one? I thought it was overrated. The moment with with Ben Stiller, I didn't yeah, I just thought it was, it was decent. Good. Like it wasn't bad. It was it was okay. Yeah, because he wasn't like he wasn't like really funny in it, and it was more of like a serious movie too. Because you know that was based on a true story. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, that's how that's actually based on like a true story. Like obviously, I don't know if they did exactly like you know you know uh, like how it really went, but yeah, it's based on a true story. But yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah, and one more um, that I never saw, but I heard it wasn't good, was I Spy with him and Owen Wilson. I never saw that, though. That has some funny parts in it, too. We're right. It wasn't good, but it, did, it definitely had like some funny... He was funny. He had some funny parts in it. You know what I mean? I got you. Yeah, so... Yeah, I actually enjoyed talking about the bad movies there. You like you like a lot of bad movies, but it's all good. No, I just watch <laughs> a lot of bad movies, and you get on me for watching them. I don't know. Now, you know what, though? You got on me for just as many movies that I like. I thought they were all right. No, I've gotten you for other movies that you watch. Like, you know, you went to go see Woo in the theaters. First of all, wait, okay, you can't get on me for that one because. What do you mean? You and your Woo. cousin were the only two in the theater, you said. He, and the, the bad thing is, we saw that movie on a Saturday and it just came out the day before. <laughs> and we were the only people in the theaters. I'm like, yo, people don't like Jada Pinker? What, what's going on, dog? Yeah, so no. I did see Wu. I did see Wu. But here's the thing I was like 12. You can't get on me for that. You, you've seen bad movies as an adult. Like what? No, first of all, you you like the movie Bones with Snoop. That was not <laughs> good. It <laughs> was not good. He plays a vampire. It's not good. God. No, I know the one you get on me the most about going to see the but you can't get on me for seeing this because it was supposed to be a blockbuster. You you gonna be going to see Catwoman. <laughs> no, but the thing is, you were like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, no. It was not good. Remember one of the Catwoman? Yeah. First of all, there was some scene. I was watching like the preview. She was like playing ball. Like she had ball, but she was playing ball in the suit. I'm like, why does she have her suit on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you saw that in theaters, dog. So yeah, you saw movies as an adult. I'm 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 getting on you for that. You're getting on me for movies I saw like in high school. That doesn't count. Yeah, but like I said, Catwoman, that was supposed to be like a blockbuster film. It wasn't like it was like, I mean, no, I it didn't look good. It didn't look good though. Like I saw it, I'm like, yeah, that looks bad. <laughs> and, I, and I like most superhero movies. Like I'm gonna go give them a chance. You know what I mean? For the most part. So Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's just the point. Like, like, Hallie, you know I love Hallie. You know, I'm yeah, I was just gonna say, like Hallie's like your go, that's like your number one. And I understandable. So yeah. you were gonna see anything with her in it. That's true. I'm pretty much because I've seen for the most part, most of her movies I've seen, with the exception of like maybe a very few. I've seen most of her movies that she's in, you know what I mean? And she has a lot of bad movies too, especially near the end now. Yeah, she she she's weird because yeah, her the first part of her career was a lot better. I just remember that one movie she was in that was not good. Baps. That was not good. <laughs> but I'm, that's a classic. She was just a classic. No, Baps. That was not good, dude. <laughs> yeah, somebody think that's a classic. Baps. No, yeah. it's not. What wasn't it an acronym for something though? <laughs> With your boy, you always love how you say things. AJ Johnson was in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie sucked. 
That's it was that good. I think it was it, it's for, it's for beautiful African princesses or something like that. Oh, Black American princesses. That, oh. that's it. There he goes. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That movie that's was not it. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh. uh. <laughs> nah, man, that was that was a, that was a good good come. We could go on about movie bad movies forever. Oh yeah, that, that could go for a whole. We that have, could be a podcast. We have by former itself. coworkers that remember, we used to always get into when we were at ESPN with about bad movies. Matter of fact, the the girl I shot out earlier, the Chiefs fan, who I, I gave a shout out to Dallas. Me and her used to go back and forth about bad movies, and well, like, you guys used to go, get on each other about who liked worse movies because she, she liked that movie, John Tucker Must Die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You were like, that movie's not good. No, awful. Awful. That dude who was the star, I, I've never seen him in anything anymore. I, I'm a, I'm being real with you, dog. You should have known it was bad when, like, Ashanti was in it. Like, let's be real. Like, as an actress, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Even though she wasn't Coach Carter, and I liked, Coach, I liked the movie Coach Carter, but... Yeah, Coach Carter was she wasn't. Good. She didn't really have, like, a big role in it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah that's true. That is true. Uh, cool. Let's let's move on to the last topic, man. Um, so I'll actually I'm very happy about this. Super Bowl's over, which means I'm my like, vacation's getting closer. I'll be hitting up. Uh, I'll be in Vegas for all my Vegas people. I'll be hitting y'all up. I'll be in uh, be in Cali for a little bit. Gonna hit up San Diego. So a couple of cool cities. You know, me, between me and you, man, we've been very fortunate to pretty much hit up every major city in this country between us two, whether it was work related or just tra- you know just leisure time you know we've, we've hit up a lot of good cities so i was thinking man before we go uh i would love to hear some cities that you think have the best food between of all these cities you've been to like give me yeah, quick, so, quick, quick, give me like your top five yeah, best, so, best food number, so, so my number five uh to start is san diego um mm-hmm. so i i you know had the the um the pleasure and the privilege to uh go with my wife for our honeymoon to san diego and um yeah, man. Uh, the food is 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 out of this world. Uh, so it's funny we were talking before the the show. One of the, you know, if you if you guys are ever in the San Diego area, especially the Gaslamp District, uh, one of the the best restaurants I went to was called Rustic Root. Um, me and my wife actually ended up going there twice during our honeymoon, um, and it, the food is banging. And now it's more a tapas style, like little plates. They don't do a lot of big plates, but. Man, we didn't really have one bad thing while we were there. Uh, they also have great drinks if you, you know, if you're into drinking, the alcohol, and everything. Um, yeah, man. I, I uh, we also went to now. This is kind of a chain because we we actually end up seeing this in Arizona and in and in Maryland. Uh, a place called Jimmy V's. It's, it's like a seafood restaurant. But the one we went to in San Diego was like right on the water. It was in uh, La Jolla, um, right on the beach. Oh man, that food was also amazing as well. Um, okay. So, yeah. So if you when you go to San Diego, man, definitely hit up that rustic route. Um, yeah. Now if you go to La Jolla, which is you know a little outside of uh, San Diego, yeah, definitely go to uh, Jimmy V's. The Jimmy V's out there. There was another. There was another spot we went to on on Coronado Beach, which is uh, like about fifteen minutes outside of San Diego. Um, I can't remember the name. I, I might have to ask my wife, but it was really good. It was right by the beach. It was right by the water. Um, I just forgot the name of the name of the spot, but. Yeah, San Diego has a lot of good, great restaurants. So, like you said, I know you said you're going. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you'll be disappointed with the food there. Yeah, I'm excited about that. You know, li- growing up in Southern California, I've only been to San Diego once, and it was like just for a day to see a Chargers game. So, um, right. I appreciate that recommendation. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, but yeah, my number five is is right here. Where I'm at man, Philly. 
Um, first of all, Philly is a very underrated city. Maybe it's underrated, but it's it's so close to New York, and obviously New York gets all the shine. And understand, I understand why. Obviously, it's a much bigger city, but man, Philly has some phenomenal food. And D, you came to visit me quite a few times since I've lived out here, and we've we've went on our cheesecake cheesesteak runs. <laughs> oh yeah, man. You know, yeah, it's funny, man. Folks. I mean, even it, uh, I know you don't really live in Philly. You live in Cherry Hill. Shout out to that spot that, you know, you obviously I've been to numerous times, but yeah, that's kind of right outside of Philly. Uh, I forgot the name. Oh, Chicks. Chicks Deli. Chicks. Yeah, man. Nah, that place has some very good cheese. Now, it's not the traditional, like, with the Wiz and all that kind of stuff, but it's really good. Um, you know, and obviously, I know you took me to D'Alessandro's, which is banging. And then when Nick, me and Nick came out, yeah, the spot you took us to downtown Philly, which is really good. I forgot the name of it. Um, it was like the Asian fusion. Oh yeah, that spot was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm Philly, so disappointed. Philly I... has some great yeah. food. It's not on my list, but yeah, no. Philly definitely does have some good food. Philly has some really good food. Um, the second date I went on with my girlfriend is a, a Mediterranean spot called Estia, which is right downtown. And um, man, some of the best Mediterranean food. It's a little pricey, but the the ambiance in there is great. Um, the menu is humongous. It's pages of food. So, um, Estia in Philly, whoever goes there, I would definitely check that spot out. Yeah, not nah, for sure. So, my number four is uh, our old stomping grounds where we met, you know, our, our college days is Las Vegas. Um, Las Vegas has a lot of great restaurants, especially in the hotels and casinos. Um, I'm just trying to just think of some off the top. They have, obviously, some of the best buffets that I've ever been to. Um, starting with, I remember before it was uh, Planet Hollywood. Um, what was what was Planet Hollywood called before it was Planet Hollywood? Uh, Aladdin. Yeah, so Aladdin had this really good like sushi buffet and kind of like Asian uh, buffet. I remember you, me, and June went to. It was banging. Um, the Bellagio. Uh, it might have been called. It might have been called uh, Todai. Todai. That's right. Todai. Todai yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, it's, it's a very big uh. Hawaiian influence out there in in Vegas, so yeah, I know Quaz about to uh, probably have a little smile to say the, the place I'm about to name. Oh, it a lot yeah. of college, uh, Aloha Aloha kitchen. kitchen, man, yeah, one of my go tos when I was in college. Uh, some, you know, that was the first time I ever had Hawaiian food, like teriyaki chicken bowls. All oh, it was so good. Um, yeah, but no, Vegas has, and then I think the Bellagio has one of the best like seafood buffets I've ever I've ever had. Um, but Vegas also has some, like, very good, like, just restaurants. Like I said, I can't think of, like, off the top, like, the names. I know one of them, I think I went with you. This is after I graduated and uh, I came back to visit. Um, it was it was really good breakfast food. It, it gave you large portions. I'm blanking on the name, but I think it's, like, in, in – in, uh, it's, like, going towards uh, where, where Questy used to live where, and where I used to live before I moved. Um, so, like, in the Summerlin area? Is it called? I think it's Hash or Go Go. Have you been there? There's a hash. Now that's actually a chain. There's there's one uh, out here in in the the Philly Jersey area too. Yeah. So the first time I ever had it was in Vegas, and yeah, that's that's a really good spot. Uh, the one the first time I yeah that was the first time I ever had it. And then you know Vegas has a lot of like um the the West Coast you know fast food chain mm-hmm. um out there, but uh yeah man no Vegas definitely has some really good food um like you know obviously you know. I don't have to tell you to go visit Vegas just for a number of reasons, you know, but not just for the food. But, um, yeah, you know, people that go to Vegas, I'm sure, will tell you when they have been out there that they also have some amazing food besides, the, you know, the nightlife and just, you know, the overall overall Vegas. Um, 
Right. Yeah, man. Nah, Las, yeah, Las Vegas probably is definitely my number four. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that's the most um, – that's the, that's the thing people get – the mistake about Vegas is they assume that going out – if they don't gamble, they won't enjoy it. Like, well, if you like, if you like food, you'll enjoy it. If you like right. entertainment, you know, if you like right. going to shows, if you like shopping – amazing spas out there there's so many different things to do if you don't enjoy gambling I, I would say a lot of the times i've hung out in vegas with with uh with you and some other friends we don't gamble that much no, you know, no i don't gamble at all I, I mean i do sports gambling but i don't do i don't gamble like you know i'll go to the tables and the slots i'm not that yeah never my style you know I, I do the sports gambling but that's about it i was more into the nightlife like you said food you know going out for good food you know just going to a good lounge hanging out with friends you know I was into that, you know, you know, I did drink, you know, at the time. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always more into that. But no, they definitely right. I think Vegas is definitely underrated when it comes to their food. I'll tell you what um, you, you were mentioning buffets earlier, the Wicked Spoon inside of the Cosmo. Oh, OK. I, and I'll leave in and next time we have like Hermes on here. Any of the other fellas, we all went there last summer. That's one of the best buffets in Las Vegas. OK. Uh, yeah, Vegas is yeah. definitely known for the buffets. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but they have some really good buffets. And it's not like that cheap Golden Corral crap, you know, that people <laughs> no. talk about. Yeah, it's it's like real food. So, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, okay, next up for me is actually New York. New York City. Okay. A lot of people are like, oh, how you got New York that low? Well, it's still five. Yeah, I, think I have it a little higher. but Yeah, you know. but there, there's so many cities we've I've been to, and I think having it fourth is is legit. Um I mean, the the thing about New York is there's so many. You know, I saw on um, it was one of these shows on the on the Travel Channel back when they used to show actual programming. That's not, dude. I don't know. Sidetracking, tracking just a bit. If you put it on the Travel Channel now, all they do is show like ghost documentaries, ghost hunters, and it's weird. But they used to show food shows. Remember, like uh, what was our show uh, with our boy uh, Adam Rich? Man was it food. Yeah, like they used to show things like that. Now it's all over the place. Yeah, they also have this show that I used to love. It was called like the the United States of Bacon. You know, and people that know me love I love bacon. I'm a big bacon guy. Like I can't right, have a bur- right. I can't have a burger and uh without bacon on it or mo- a lot of sandwiches I always get bacon on it. So yeah, ba- yeah, they used to have like the best bacon dishes and they would go around the country right. and uh look at the best bacon dishes and yeah, it was like, "Oh, man, I was in heaven." Anyways, right, I'm but sorry, the, go back. No, it's all good. The reason I'm bringing it up is because I was watching a show on there, and they they were talking about restaurants in New York City, and there was this a, a statistic, and this was back in like 2012 that you could go to a different restaurant every day for 13 years. And how many different restaurants there are in just oh New yeah, York. I believe it. In we're just, just but in just Manhattan, no. Not just giving a free plug, but this week is Restaurant Week, actually. In oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. But you know, I lived in Harlem. I lived in Har- Harlem my last two years in in, um, in in New York, and there's some amazing restaurants there. Uh, Melba's is a really good spot. Uh, there's oh shoot, what's the name of that spot? Lido's. I, I like Lido's. Oh yeah, Lido's is great. Yeah, Lido's is great. Now they closed our spot. I heard. I was talking to a a, a coworker of mine at work who lives in Harlem. Uh, I think uh, that you know um, you, me, uh, Ellie went to uh, Blue Jeans. Oh, Blue Jean is a really good restaurant. Yeah, they spot. closed. Yeah, they it. had really good yeah. brunch. Yeah, they closed. Yeah, it. yeah it closed down. But now Harlem, Harlem has some of the best soul food. Like I said, Melba's is really high up there. Their their chicken right. and waffles are excellent. So yeah, I'd put New York uh, fourth on my list. Okay, so number three for me is Chicago. Um, and you know, the thing is, it's funny because my mom is from Chicago, so I I spent a lot of time, a lot of my childhood 
you know, summers and sometimes, you know, going for winter breaks and little breaks. I would go to Chicago to see my mom's side of the family. Um, but they have some amazing food. Now, they don't have any restaurant I can pinpoint to be like, oh, yeah, this is really good. They have just some really amazing, like, fast food kind of, like, delicacies that is, like, specific to Chicago. So one of the things, as you know, like, they have the deep dish pizza uh, that they're known for, um, you know, and uh, this is place called uh, Giordano's, uh, which is a chain out there. Yeah, that's uh, the spot man. I went to when I was out there. Yeah, yeah oh, my really God. That, oh, yeah, it's a really good, I mean, you know, and I love New York pizza. I still think it's the best, but that's some of the best pizza I've ever had. They also have this spot that's kind of like in the hood. It's it's, it's kind of a hood spot, but it's it, it's also a chain too called Harold's Chicken, um, and it's like fried chicken. But they put like this special sauce on it. It's like like ketchupy. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like ketchup and hot sauce kind of mixed, but it's their own sauce. It's so it's so good. Um, and then you can put it on the chicken fries, and they really have these good hot links too that you can get with it. Um, yeah, man. So that's another spot you can go to when you're out in uh, Chicago. Um, Chicago also has some really good hot dogs. Uh, and their hot dogs are a little different from, like, New York hot dogs. So they they have a, a poppy seed bun, and they put tomatoes, um, I want to say peppers, yep. and uh, onions in it. Yeah, raw mm-hmm. onions in it. And then I think, you know, they don't even put ketchup. They put, like, I think just mustard or whatever on it. But, yeah, their, their hot dogs are actually really good. Oh, and I'm sorry, they have this special relish they put on. It's like this really sweet relish. Oh, my God, so good. I'm just thinking about it right now. I had a hot dog in a while. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, Chicago definitely has some banging food, man. Um, like I said, no really, like, great, like, I can't I can't tell you, like, oh, go to this restaurant, like, sit-down-wise, but if you want, like, great eats, like, while you're out, like, just on the go, like, you're, you know, walking or, like, you know, something quick to eat, like, nothing, like, too expensive, yeah, like, I would recommend, you know, the deep dish pizza, the hot dogs, and, 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 and the fried chicken. Yeah, yeah, Chicago's definitely up there for me. In fact, I have a little higher, so I'll get to it in a second. But uh, number three for me would be L.A. Now, L.A. can get number can should be top three just based off the selection of Mexican spots out there. <laughs> and and it's so hard to pinpoint one because there are just taco trucks all throughout. Um, there was a restaurant I went to though in Malibu called Moon Shadows, right near the water. Some of the most beautiful views you'll get um, of the Pacific. And the seafood there, it's like they legit just picked it out of the water. Like I guarantee you, somebody in the it's back. A, it's a Mexican. It's a Mexican. No, spot? no. I I started with Mexican. Now I'm transitioning. This is actually a seafood spot oh, okay. um, in LA, but it's right near the water. Um, it's it's perfect taking a shorty with you. It's perfect going with the fellas. Like it, it's perfect for any occasion. Of course, we all know how West Coast weather is usually pretty consistent. So, um, I went there February of 2018. It was like 70 degrees. You know, <laughs> but no, um, definitely recommend Moon Shadows. Um, I had their, um, what was it? Uh, shoot, what, what dish did I have there? The uh, uh, Chilean sea bass. Their Chilean sea bass is phenomenal. So, uh, LA would be number three for me. Yeah. So, before I get into my number two, you know, speaking of Cali, you know, it's funny when I, when I was in college and I remember, you know, I used to go back with you sometimes to, to Cali. I actually like some of the restaurants kind of outside of LA, like, uh, I think you were talking about Mexican spot. I love that place, Taco Factory. I think you should take. Oh yeah, to, that's a good spot. That's a yeah. good spot. And you, you know, now the place I loved, and you always laugh when I name when I mention it. Uh, I was such a big Baker's fan. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's I a good fast Baker. food spot. Yeah. Oh man, it was. They had some of the. They had one of the best uh, double bacon cheeseburgers I've ever had um, there. So um, yeah, man. Now, I, I, like Cali just has some really good food. I've had some really good food out there. 
Um, but it's funny. Yeah, I don't think I've had any great, like, yeah, when I went to go sit down and eat, especially in L.A., you know, because I, I didn't go to L.A. a lot. But, um, yeah, I, I liked a lot of the spots outside of uh, L.A. So, yeah, to me, to me, there's a lot of underrated spots, you know, outside mm-hmm. of L.A. Now, the one, one uh, chain place in L.A. that, and I'm sure everybody knows about, that I love, and I don't know. Yeah, I think Quab, you you've obviously been there. It's Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, uh, which is a classic. You know, <laughs> you love um, Roscoe's. <laughs> yeah, I love Roscoe's. Like if I go to LA, I definitely have to go to Roscoe's. So that's definitely up there uh, for me. But my number two is uh, what Quab had lower. Um, New York, obviously, people that know me, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from New York. Um, there's so many great spots um, that I can just spitball, you know, off the top of my head, but. Obviously, people that know me that used to hang out with me when I first moved back from out of college, one of my go-tos uh, was this place called Haru. Has some of the best uh, sushi Japanese food that you'll ever have. Um, I, and I'm taking so many people, different people there. Took my mom there. I've taken my current. We've wife had a, we've there. had a lot of great nights at Haru. Now, great lights at Haru, yeah. And everybody mm. I've taken has has loved it. My dad liked it, and you know these are some of these people that don't really eat like you know Japanese sushi kind of thing, but it's it's a great spot. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely probably maybe like, you know, definitely in my top five spots in, in you know, in New York that, you know, if anybody comes, I say you have to go to. Um, yeah, Haru. Um, yeah, but New York has so much great food. Obviously, I mentioned the pizza because I'm still a New York pizza guy. I still think we have the best pizza. So many good uh, pizza spots. Um, obviously, you know, you have the vendors, you know, street food with the you the hot dog stands. And um, the thing is, you know, New York's such a melting pot because there's so many different people here. Uh, here you can get you know Indian right Chinese Japanese Mediterranean you know anything you kind of want um because of the diversity of New York City so there's so many good spots and you know I'm sure people that have either visited here or have lived here will tell you it's just you know like I said restaurant week is going on right now and like Bob said there's so many restaurants here that you can go to a, a new restaurant for the next 13 years I mean, that's yeah crazy. every day Every day. day, yeah. So, yeah, I wonder if definitely... anybody's ever tried that. Like, yo, I'm gonna try that 13 years. So that more... would be expensive, that would be a very expensive uh, lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm guessing somebody like Bill Gates, you know, billionaires can do it. I don't know, even if millionaires could, but yeah, you know what, though, we say that we say that now it depends on like eating out. Is it like a restaurant or does it include like cheaper spots too? Because I mean, there are people that eat out every day. You know? Yeah, that's true. So that's it's probably true. possible for a regular person to do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So what's your number two? My number two is something you already mentioned, man. I was only in Chicago for two days. Um, it's it's such a cool city, um, you know, and and obviously when you hear about Chicago, it, it comes with that negative that negative. Which which I understand that too, but I'm talking about like downtown. Obviously, yeah, you know, it's funny, and I'm sorry not to cut you off, but you know, my mom's from there. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's only one section. It's one side of the street. It's a happens. really bad section. Yeah, right, it's right, called. Right. It's the south side of Chicago, and it's like, to be honest with you, it's like a four to five block radius of where it's bad. It's not even like a big, like, oh my god, it's like a you know half of the city thing. You know, yeah, it's it's really just one section that's really bad, and you know, most people who are not from Chicago or you know not from the area, they don't go to it. You know what I mean? But that's where all the violence is happening. So, yeah, Chicago kind of gets a bad rap. But like you said, downtown. And there are very other nice spots in Chicago that are really nice. And that's what I experienced when I was there. Um, like I said, I only spent two days there. But honestly, man, you're not going to like this. It, I, I actually like deep dish pizza better than New York pizza. The the, the pizza I had. No, I'm not bugging. Because this is a debate. <laughs> it's not like nobody's ever said this. This is a 
debate between New York and Chicago. The, the, the pizza I had at uh, Giordano's is probably the best pizza I've ever had. All right, and here's I'm my thing it. with Chicago pizza. Like, okay, I do like <laughs> it. It's great. It's good. It's very filling. I, I, it's right. It's very filling. But I don't like the fact that I have to eat my pizza, like, with a knife and fork. And... It's all going in your mouth. Who cares how you eat it? I'm cool with that. What? I'm not in a rush to eat my pizza. Like, I'm cool with that. No. The, the thing is, like, when I think of pizza, you put, it's, 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 it's a handheld device. I mean, food. Like, you're supposed, <laughs> to, you're supposed to hold it, fold it. You know, and it's something you're supposed to eat on the go. Like, Chicago pizza, you can't No, you don't. I don't need to eat my pizza on the go. Like, th- uh, like this was a – now, Giordano's is like a, a like a restaurant. Like, right, I'm but even like most deep dish – I mean, there's other deep dish uh, pizza spots in Chicago that, you know, some people say are just as good. But, like, I just think with the whole deep dish, you can't – obviously, you can't buy it in the slice. You know, normally you have to sit down and eat it. You can't just, like, pick it up and then – I'm cool with that. I don't need my food to be convenient. I need it to be good. I don't care about, like, oh, I can't do this with it. I don't really care. I'm not no, eating but, the, like how often do you eat on the move? I'm not really like eating on the move like that. I like I sit down and eat. So I'm cool with that. It's nothing against New York pizza. It's it's, it's great. There's a lot of really good New York pizza spots, but I'm a roll with Chicago's pizza dog. And you brought up the Chicago style hot dog. Yo, there's I, I'm not a huge hot dog. Like I don't eat hot dogs often, maybe maybe once or twice a year. Like if I go to like a baseball game or something like that. Right, but, right. Um like everything from the poppy seed bun to like the, like you said the relish on there. I don't know what it's made of, but oh man! And obviously the the tomato. It's just it's such a different, unique twist to a hot dog, and it's it's now that's one thing I will admit. Like their hot dogs, yeah, are really they're really good. This spot yeah. called Portillos, uh, Portillos that I went to. Um, I mean, I probably could have eaten four or five of them. I only had two, but uh, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, really dope city. Great food for sure. Yeah, so my number one, I think we um, both might have the same number one. Yeah, same number one is uh, it's New Orleans. Phenomenal, um, food. phenomenal food. Yeah, uh, I yeah. I can't say enough. I mean, I I went to New Orleans a few years ago for my my cousin's uh, bachelor party, and um, I hadn't been I had been before that, but I hadn't been since I was like a little kid. Um, so uh, no, actually, I'm sorry, I take that back. I, I actually went to New Orleans in '08 for the All Star game when I worked for the NBA, but uh, you know, I was working, so I didn't really get to enjoy it like I did when I went you know, uh, well, a few years ago. But uh, anyway, um, some of the best seafood and just food in general I've ever had. Um, if you're into, like, you know, like, fresh, like, you know, especially shrimp, like, and I'm talking about shrimp, like, the head on it and, craw- mm-hmm. and crawfish. Oh, crawfish, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, so I was never a big oyster guy. I never really ate oysters. I liked oysters like that. So this, this is a place called Drago's, which is in, I think, the Hilton or the Sheraton, which is, like, downtown New Orleans. Um yeah, that's probably the best oysters I've ever had in my life. They grill them and they put like this this seasoning on it. I can't even describe what it is, um, but it is amazing. And you can order like half a dozen, a dozen. You have to get the dozen because half a dozen it's like a big tease. Um, but um, yeah, man, those oysters were so good. Um, another mm-hmm. another another spot uh, that I recommend is called Dean's, um, and they have probably some of the best fried. Uh, um, soft shell crab I've ever had. Um, and I, obviously, you see the theme here. It's a lot of good seafood. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. mostly seafood. And obviously, yeah. New Orleans is known for some of their classic, like, you know, etouffee and gumbo. Um, yeah, man. It's just some great food. I mean, oh, obviously, the shrimp po' boy. You have to have that if you go there. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's... so it's this place, place kind of it's kind of in the hood. It's called, um, it begins with a D, Demasillos or something like that. But anyway, dude, that's probably one, probably one of the best Shrimp pork boys I've ever had, and I don't have, I don't get, I don't have them a lot, but 
they're like known for it down there. And uh, you have to go there if you're into like fried shrimp and it's like on a sandwich, they put lettuce, pickles, and like this hot sauce ketchup kind of thing. Oh my God, it's so good. And, yeah, New, uh, New Orleans, man. New yeah, Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans is amazing. Yeah, the, the food there. Yeah, I. You can just That's... go on a food trip to New Orleans. You don't even have to go there like to do anything else. If you just go there for the food, you you won't be disappointed. I agree. That that's my number one, and I didn't even have to think about it. In fact, the the second this segment was thought of, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm gonna talk about New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> so I went to this restaurant called the Redfish Grill. Okay. Yes, we went there too when we were there. So the Redfish Grill, I, I till this day, it is the best dinner I've ever had in my life. It was a Creole jambalaya risotto. All right. Oh, that's right. They also know for their jambalaya. Yeah, oh, that's right. dude. So it had it had shrimp. Uh, so, uh, sausage and grilled chicken in it. So they call it the Holy Trinity. They had the Holy Trinity of meats in there and they put like these roasted tomatoes on there. It is so good that I took a picture of it and like I still have it in my phone. Like it's just, it was that good. <laughs> I sometimes I'll just look at it and just like stare at it for a while. <laughs> it was so best meal I've ever had in my life was at Redfish Grill, New Orleans. Um, the only one complaint I have about New Orleans is on the trip, on the plane ride back home, my stomach was killing me, dude. I don't know if it was just the spices, because a lot of the food is very spicy. It is, um, yeah. And my, my my body, my stomach just wasn't used to that. But that's the only thing. Like, if you're going to go to New Orleans, just if, if there's any way you can prep your body for the food. Have, have the Pepto, the gas. Have that, pip, have that Pepto, have that tum, the Tums on deck. You got to have the Tums on deck, man. Yeah, so. you got to have all that on, on deck. You got to have all that ready. <laughs> but yeah, um, see, I know you're not a big raw oyster guy. I'm a huge fan of raw oysters. Um, well, so these, so those, Dino, so, and, and I'm sorry, at, Dra- at Drago's, yep. they're actually not raw. They're cooked. They, they grill them. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I cooked, remember there so. was a long line outside of Drago's when I went, so I didn't get a chance to go there. Yeah, no, man, because we went the night, the first night we were there we had to wait like an hour or so to get in because yeah you know i mean people go there just for the oysters and they have other good food as well i think i had besides the oysters my main course i had i had the jambalaya pasta oh my god i think i saw the picture of that it was was so good yeah and you know the crazy thing is people i'm sure people know this but you know that's where popeyes was uh founded was down in oh Orleans. right right i'm sh- i'm so, sure people are yeah i'm sure that's not a surprise yeah, so this, like the original popeyes is that we didn't get to go to it but the you know they always talk about the, yeah, the original popeyes is down there and there's popeyes like all over but they also have these other like late night like so if you're out on bourbon street and you're kind of you know i've been drinking a little bit and you're looking for like some late night eats they have this like a bunch of like these little chicken spots like these little fried ch- you can get like fried chicken or chicken strips Dude, it was so it was like some of the best fast food chicken I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot what the name of the spots were, but they're like all over the place. You see them, and they're they're. Oh, I think it was open like twenty four hours, or they open like really really late, like four or five in the morning. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's uh, no, New Orleans is, is a great food city. Probably the best food city I've ever been. To. It's no, it's number one. It's number yeah. one. for anybody that hasn't been there. Make it a make it a, just make it a part of your itinerary on one of these. Just one of these years. I mean, it, it's it's an experience to eat down there. Oh yeah, so. my mom and aunt have actually gone there just for food. Like, oh, remember, I was down there the same time they were. Right, they were just down there for the. Yeah, I got to meet. Up, I got to meet up with them. That's right. Yeah, it was just a food trip for them. You know, they mm-hmm. do they do that. So I've never been on a food trip, but I think me and my wife are gonna 
take one of those in the near future. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, my, 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 my lady's never been there, so she's going to be very jealous hearing this part of this, the podcast. And, uh, she's going <laughs> to want to go ASAP, and I, right. I can't blame her. It's, it's great. But, no, that was a great convo, man. I enjoyed this one. We kind of touched on a lot of different things, sports, sports entertainment, food. I mean, those are those are three things I could always talk about. So yeah, I can talk um, about those. Those are the three things I can talk about all day. You know, we could have, we could have gone on for hours, especially the food topic. So you know, I think we could have went on for hours about the bad movies. I love talking about <laughs> bad movies. <laughs> yeah, according to you, I I've watched the most bad movies of all your friends. You love like a lot of bad movies for sure. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, give, with... I just give movies. I give movies a chance. I just try to give them a chance. <laughs> I no doubt, man. Well, for another that's another episode of Brother Got Next. Don't forget to subscribe, um, follow our page on Instagram, on Twitter, and uh, tell all your friends, man. We appreciate it. But uh, until next time, D, I'll talk to you next episode. Peace. Peace.